What? Okay. Oh, we're throwing up the deuces. We're singing this song the entire afternoon into the weekend. Probably a little bit on Monday, too. We're waving <laughs> goodbye to the legend of Jack Del Rio. He's legend. fired as defensive coordinator. Toby Altsizer Denton Day. We got the stallion, Ryan Clary, with us running our ship. Toby, this is the happiest I've ever been the day after the team that I love got whooped on primetime television by 35 points. Tell me if this is a little bit too harsh. We're doing something that Jack Del Rio is not doing today. We're wearing burgundy and gold. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say working in general. Well, but working, yes, yes. Either one of those is correct. <laughs> working, yes. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was long overdue. Now, you know, we're going to get into this over the next hour and 45 minutes leading up to Capitals hockey. But what do you guys think? Like, was this enough? Is this exactly what you were looking for? Is it too late? I mean, any of the questions that you have, feel free to call in 800-636-1067. But, I mean, I think the big thing for this, Denton, is, you know, Ron's going to take over this defense more than likely. Why didn't you just make this move after the Chicago game? Uh, I can tell you that answer. That's less games that Ron Rivera has to actually <laughs> do something on the sideline. I mean, it just... Nobody is more upset about this move than Ron Rivera because he now actually has to coach on Sundays instead of being this hiding behind this fabricated lie that he's the CEO. He's the CEO coach that doesn't call offense, doesn't call defense, doesn't work on game management situations because apparently that's somebody else's job that's up in the booth. So the dude literally did nothing except stand there. Now he has to actually go to work. He got to pick up the lunch pail, which I don't know if anybody still uses a lunch pail, but I like the analogy anyway. He's picking up his lunch pail, and he has to go do something on Sundays. I mean, and this is something that has been long overdue. I mean, this now, as of last week in the Giants game, was the worst defense in terms of scoring in the National Football League. So this isn't something that's crazy to think about. And the the question is, though, like, why now? Is it enough? Because to me, firing Jack Del Rio, making Ron have to do something. I, I get all the points about the rest of the season being about Sam Howell, but I, I don't understand how Ron's going to still be coaching the football team. And, you know, I get that you see this statement from Josh Harris today, and it sounds like Ron's the one who made the move, but like, Ron, dude, <laughs> like you're <laughs> the one that shouldn't be making moves at all. Like, you should be out the door. So, I don't, it's just, it, it's puzzling to me on how to feel today because, yes, it's good that the defensive coordinator's gone for the worst defense in the National Football League, but I don't know that it's all on Jack Del Rio. I think it's on Ron Rivera as well, and it's a whole outfit that needs to be changed. So maybe it's something that we didn't need to see right now, but man, it, it feels somewhat good, but not as good as it could feel because I feel like everything needs to be changed over there. Yeah, but the, at the same time, you can't just change everything. Agreed. Right. Like, you can't blow this entire operation up because you still have a couple games left that you got to play. This just felt like the natural progression here. Josh Harris has been very upfront with he does not want to fire Ron Rivera. He wants an entire sample size. You don't need an entire sample size. We knew that Ron was gone the second Josh Harris pays $6 billion for a team because you don't pay $6 billion and have Ron Rivera as your head coach. That's just what yeah. it is, right? So we knew that he was going to be gone, but this dude is an analytics guy. And to an extent, I I think that Josh Harris is kind of playing the role of even if this ends poorly, everything's going to be fine next year. So it might actually benefit him when because we're not really considering this his first real year of owning the team, right? Like he's not, he can't make all the big scale changes that we are anticipating once he bought the team because he bought it so late into the offseason, mm-hmm. which a part of that uh, I think was Dan Snyder, right? 
But I think now, with you keeping Ron the entire season, you automatically have like a, a leg up next year because Ron's not going to be the guy. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I kind of understand what you're saying. And maybe it's just something where he doesn't want to do anything too, too crazy yet. But, I mean, it maybe has to be a little bit encouraging if you're a fan of this football team and you've known an ownership for years that was very hasty and had their hands on every part of the operation. And to see the statement today basically saying, hey, it was Ron's call. Maybe you don't like the fact that Ron's in charge, and we understand that. And like you said, it might be a little hasty to just move everything out of Ron's control. But it's probably a little bit refreshing to see an ownership group saying, hey, we let the football guy make the football guy decisions, right? I like that. I do like that a lot. Yeah, it's very refreshing that nobody put uh, ice cream on the desk of Jack Del Rio the same way that Dan (laughs) Snyder did 20 years ago. It's refreshing that somebody can handle a situation that's not great with a little bit of class and a little bit of respect. So the culture is changing. Ask Ron, he'll tell you. Here's what I... We talk about this culture all the time, and one of my relatives, I'll talk you know, about him and or with him about this team, and he brings up the culture. And you know, I've talked about how Ron has changed the culture, and I think Ron has done a good job of making it a respectable organization now, in as many ways as he can. Correct? Like in terms of off the field and how they do things, I would say it's a professional organization. The problem is you're turning that culture, which now you have new ownership. It's not toxic anymore. Now it's all about the football operation. Now you're turning that building into a losing culture, which isn't good, but it's something that I think is ultimately going to change. You know, Kevin Sheehan was on this morning on 980 and 106.7 here, and I I think he brought it up. Like, it's a lame duck year. I think we all kind of understood it, and we talked about, I've talked about this with Biennemi, with Sam Howell. It's kind of hard to practice what you preach sometimes. You talk about patience with those guys. I think it's just patience with the ownership group. Yes, you want to see Ron blown out. Yes, you want to see everything kind of just done right now. But maybe it is better to just take a reasonable approach and let things play out and then let let Harris bring in his football guy at the end of the year. Maybe that's what their whole approach is in this whole entire season. The culture thing has become a shield. It's become a shield for Ron. He's hiding behind the culture. He's hiding behind the idea that Sam Howell's a quarterback moving forward. So he has something (laughs) to stake his his flag in, right? But the culture, yes, Ron Rivera has made this this building a little bit better, but the real culture changed when Dan left. Like there was nothing that was that Ron could do until Dan left. So to that extent, like I ask, what has he actually done in the culture? Like he did not take over a franchise that was like the Cincinnati Bengals of the early 2000s where everyone was getting arrested every single weekend. <laughs> like, that was never the case here in Washington. It's not like we had just a bunch of guys on the on the team that were doing no good off of the field. Like, the team just sucked. It was just a losing team with an owner that was running from the law. Ron is not responsible for all... Like, I know he wants to be like, I changed the culture here, but she, you really didn't because you're still losing games the way that you lost with coaches prior to you. Like, when it comes to the actual football stuff, there's not a lot of culture things that have actually been changed because the team is still losing. You can't have this great, wonderful culture and still lose games. You know who thought you could do that? Bruce Allen. When he said that the culture was damn good because we're arguing, hey, hey, dude, like, you're losing a lot of games. Well, actually, the culture is, is damn good. Like, Ron has weirdly become this Bruce Allen Jr. He's a way better person than Bruce Allen is. Don't get it twisted. Like, I do think Ron as a person is great. But what he's done here in terms of changing the culture is really not because we're still in the same place, at least on the field of results, as the team was when he took over. The only difference is Josh Harris is going to completely overhaul this thing, and we're going to get some new names, new bodies in here. 
Yeah, and I think that's what what's refreshing about this new ownership. You talked about the culture change when Daniel Snyder left town. I think the nice part now is you don't have to worry about the off-the-field stuff. It's purely about football now, right? I mean, it's before when they hired Ron Rivera, people talk about, well, was it a football hire? Was it not? I personally don't think it was fully a football hire. I think it was to bring some respectability back to the franchise. And sure, he's done a little bit of that. But now Dan Snyder being out of town, it's all about what you do on the football field. It's all about how you produce on Sundays and on Thursdays and yesterday's case. And they haven't done it. And I'm sick of going into games where you know, yesterday was a pretty clear game plan, Tenton. I thought it was, a, at least for the first three quarters, I thought they were executing it somewhat well and that they wanted to hold the ball. It's similar to Philly last year where we're going to end the game with hopefully like 38, 40 minutes of time of possession. Hopefully we can hold them to field goals instead of giving up touchdowns. But that's the game plan. You want to know why that's the game plan? Because you're the far superior team. I'm so sick of going into games like that where it's like, you know, they've got a shot if they just play very, very conservatively and try to do the best they can not to allow the other team to just out-talent them and be better. How about there be a time when this team can walk into a stadium and feel confident that they're a better team than just beating a team like the Chicago Bears or the Tommy DeVito-led New York Giants? Like, there needs to be a, a real change here where when they face teams like the Dallas Cowboys that are the big dogs in the NFC, it's not something where you feel completely overmatched. And that's where they're at right now. And so the the move with Jack Del Rio is fine, but I think at the end of the year, that's probably going to be the satisfying one for a lot of fans. Yeah, Jack Del Rio, not the only guy let go of today. DB's coach, Brent Wieselmeyer, he is uh, gone as well. He was the guy that Jack brought up from the ranks of high school. Now, the guy had coached at the college and pro level before, but... He was taken from a, a high school coaching job and brought here to Washington. From what I've heard this morning, Toby, there were a lot of people inside the building over there, players and coaches alike, that were not fans, particularly of Brent Wieselmeyer. So that that's a huge win. You lose Chris Harris. Everybody seemed to love Chris Harris. I don't know if you've heard similar things. Everybody loves Chris Harris. So the fact that they replaced him with a guy that nobody really seemed to like, that should be telling. I do have a quote that I would like to read you. Uh, from Ron Rivera, because Ron Rivera is speaking right now. Here's what Ron Rivera said. He said, quote, we're going to do things differently. Jack did a great job. I was aligned with what he did on defense. Pause. That's worrisome. Let me continue. <laughs> Let me continue here. I thought they were they were good, solid things. Some things I have different opinions on, and those are things I do differently. This is nothing about fighting or arguing, end quote. So it seems like if we're just going to base it, Toby, off of that quote, we're not going to get a lot of major scale changes schematically on defense. It's just another guy calling the shots. Yeah, and that's where I we talked about this last Sunday when we were on during the game. Where did this thing go wrong? Like, it, it seems like last year and this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball, there was a lot of continuity, right? Mostly the same guys. Obviously, now at this point in the season, you've traded Chase and Montez, but they weren't good before they traded those guys. You have basically the entire same secondary. You bring in a first and a second round pick. You've got basically the same linebackers. You brought in Cody Barton. Like a lot of stuff was the same. And somehow this defense went from a top 10 unit in a lot of categories to now being statistically arguably the worst. Horrible. The worst defense in the National Football League. So what happened? And you look at some of the stuff, and it felt like you kind of knew Jack's scheme over the years, right? It was a, it was a zone scheme. They didn't blitz much. And it, like, changed this year. And I don't know why, because he started playing man coverage. He started blitzing a little bit. 
and yet it just wasn't working. So I don't know what happened this year, but it's not very encouraging that Ron says he aligns schematically and with what Jack was doing because this is the worst defense in the National Football League. Yeah, somehow they they paid big money a couple off-seasons ago for William Jackson, who is a man corner, and they said, nope, we're playing zone. And then they draft a guy this offseason, Emmanuel Forbes, who's a great zone corner, so we can look at the quarterback's eyes, play the ball, and they say, nope, we want you to play man. Like, the way that they, they switched up against their personnel made me want to pull my hair out. Now, you can see me because we're in the studio here. Not a lot of hair on this head. <laughs> Not a lot of hair on this head. That's because of bad genetics, God, and Jack Del Rio's defense. It's those three things that have led to me going bald before the age of 30. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with Jack Del Rio no longer being here. We've made our piece known, Toby. We want to get the listeners in here as well. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. We want to hear from you. Let us know how you feel about Jack Del Rio. We'll take your phone calls when we get back. It's B. Mitch and Finley with Denton Day and Toby Altsides right here on 106.7 The Fan and simulcast on the Team 980. What this is a little bit more about, obviously, is, is just, again, focusing in on, on just the defensive side again. Uh, that will be really what I will be doing. I, I won't spend any time or have the opportunity to spend um, any time over, you know, hanging out with the offensive coaches and, and visiting with EB on stuff. So we'll just continue to, to, you know, the focus will solely be on preparing the defense and getting ready for our next opponent each week. Stay out of the offense anyways. He can't, he can't just be over there hanging out Good. anymore. Just you know, a couple guys <laughs> hanging, talking some offense, <laughs> running some screen plays. Eric Bieniemy yelling, Ron sitting there and uh, clapping. It's B. Mitch and Finley, Denton Day, and Toby Altsizer with you on 106.7 The Fan. This segment's brought to you by your local D.C. Honda dealers. Visit your local D.C. Honda dealer to see the sleek new 2023 Accord Hybrid or Versatile 2023 CRV hybrid contact your local DC area Honda dealer today for a great deal on a Honda for you. Toby, after you just heard part of what Ron Rivera said, are you any more excited, less excited for him to take over? Yes. Stay out of the offensive side of the room. Like I, I understand that as the head coach who doesn't call plays and who knows what he actually did before Jack Del Rio was fired. I don't exactly understand what he was doing throughout the week. Hanging. I don't need Eric Bieniemy checking with you on everything. Eric Bieniemy was brought in to run the offense. So now he runs the offense. I don't know that there was a huge hand from Ron Rivera and what's happened this year on offense, but either way, Eric Bieniemy's kind of got free reign on the offensive side of the ball for the last five games. And I mean, if Ron wants to save his job, now he's got a chance to maybe turn the defense around, but I don't have any yeah, hope of that. He ain't saving his job. <laughs> he he is certainly not doing that. All right, phone lines are open, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. How are your thoughts? How are you feeling after Jack Del Rio has been fired earlier today by the Washington Commanders as defensive coordinator? Let's start with Andy in Sterling. Andy, what's going on? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, first of all, I, I never could understand the intense loyalty, um, the admiration that Rivera had for Jack Del Rio, that Donald Trump-loving POS. After all the dra draft capital, all the large salaries paid to those defensive linemen, and the defense consistently got worse. Um, Del Rio should have gotten fired after that That. that that awful loss to the Giants, who were led by Danny DeVito. Which one? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. 
you know, that New Jersey kid, you would have thought he was a karate kid, uh, Daniel LaRussa. I mean, it was awful. Uh, going forward, I think Rivera keeps his job. They hire a new GM, keep the enemy in his position. But, you know, good rins for Jack Del Rio. Well, hold on, hold on. So you're saying that they're going to keep Ron Rivera as head coach and be enemy as offensive coordinator? You're gonna, he's going to be playing with a new uh, offensive uh, coordinator, a new coach. It's just going to slow everything down. I, I don't, appreciate the call. I man. don't necessarily agree with that. We were going to talk about this before the, the news of the firing today, Denton, but I think everyone's up for evaluation, and I'm not talking about the coaching staff because we kind of understand, especially now with the move, we kind of understand what the coaching staff is. Maybe you can talk about the enemy, but I think all the players, aside from maybe – how, just because of the fact that he's a first-year starting quarterback, I think everybody's up for evaluation. So, no, they're not keeping Ron Rivera past this season. Maybe be enemy, but I, I don't see a way that they're going to look at it and say, I mean, they could be drafting in the top three. So as much as oh, so as much as the rest of the season's about Sam Howell, it might not be Sam Howell starting next year, and it might not be because he's not an NFL starter. It might be because you have Caleb Williams or Drake May. Yeah, those two guys are going to be hard to pass up if you get the opportunity to draft them. Now, a lot has to happen in, in that a lot more teams have to win. You need big wins from Tennessee, big wins from Chicago, to so you can kind of kind of jump them. Let's go to uh, Mark in Burke. Mark, you're on 106.7 The Fan. Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? I'm a good afternoon. I'm, uh, it's like Thanksgiving all over again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we finally got something to be thankful for with this team. Yeah, man, I think that last caller might have been Ron Rivera disguising his voice, uh, trying to lobby for his job, because I don't, I don't know how anyone could possibly think he's going to be here next year. But, um, you know, I listened to uh, what Josh said, and they're always magnanimous when they show a guy the door. They're always nice, but I'm not so nice. And, you know, I just wish they had done this before they got rid of um, – oh, uh, jeez, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Uh, Chase and Montez. Montez yeah. And Chase, yeah. And uh, because that way he would, he, he can't use that as an excuse. You know what I mean? This was already tanking before we got rid of those two guys. So I just wish he had nothing to sort of hang his hat on. I'm not angry about it. And I think John Allen sent this in motion when he had his tantrum a couple of weeks ago. It's just a great day. You know, you guys are in your twenties. I don't think you've lived any glory days with this team. No, I did not. My, yeah. I mean, I'm in my fifties guys. I hope you get the opportunity just like I hope my son does. Cause man, there were <laughs> some too. great days back then. Yeah, Mark, appreciate the call. Hope you enjoy your, your leftovers. Yeah, what on what are our glory days? 2012? Yeah, the the best glory day is their RG3 year. That's it. Yeah, RG3, by the way, me and him, best friends. Best <laughs> friends on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I need I need some of the glory days in in my life. I, I am excited to see what Ron is going to look. I just want to see him coach because I actually kind of like some of the stuff that he did in Carolina, but the way that it's kind of I'm not just saying that he's going to be a great defensive coordinator or a defensive play caller. I just don't think that's going to be the case. But I'm just excited to see him do something because I've done this in-game show, Toby, now for this is the second season. And I think I can count on my hands how often Ron Rivera, I've seen him like actually doing something on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to have to be active. He's going to obviously be calling the plays defensively. So he's going to have to be engaged in the game more than standing there with his arms crossed. So if you're in the crowd that's frustrated with his arms being crossed all game, he's probably going to be looking at some tablets now and doing some things. So, but also guys we'll like 
like John, the, the call that Mark said that John Allen kind of set this thing into motion with that that cursing rant yeah. uh, that J.P. Finley picked up. That was like a nice little bit. But we've also seen John Allen do that like every single season. Yes. I'd like to see him to play better. I'd like to see Durant play better. Like what is kind of lost in this entire thing is it wasn't just a Jack Del Rio issue. There are guys that have not been performing the way that you would 100%. expect them to based on their paycheck, but also based on what we've known them to be here in D.C. Well, and one thing that I think is a reason that the move needed to be made if you're Ron Rivera and you're hoping for any semblance of a chance I think you were on the verge of losing the entire locker room. I don't think it's happened yet, but I think you saw at points during the Cowboys game where it felt like they weren't not giving effort. It's not like guys were giving up, but right. it was like, wow, they're just so out of position or wow, what's going on during the week? Like, I think if they were to just get obliterated by the Dolphins next Sunday, which very Could well happen. might still happen. I but mean, that it, team hung 70 earlier this yeah, year. It, it might still happen, but I think now that there's been some change and a little kick in the pants, so to speak, I think that you might see them just a little, not energized, but at least giving a little extra effort. Whereas if Jack Del Rio and no change was being made and Jack's still calling the defense and they're sitting there and they get blown out by 28 points at FedEx Field, I think you could have seen some guys mailing it in down the rest of the stretch. By the way, I'm horrified as to what Tyreek Hill is going to do to this defense <laughs> next Sunday. Dale is in Hyattsville. Dale, what's going on? How you doing? How you doing, fellas? Doing good. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. This all about him is scapegoating. You blame you blame the defense and all this other stuff, so you get rid of the defensive end. You blame um, Del Real because of what he's doing on Sunday when you don't even look at the fact that last week also you got a first-screen quarterback back beating you. Um, the whole thing, and I'm going to talk about this other guy that was on the phone. I have to tell everybody else, NFL is hard. It's harsh reality. You either win or you lose. If you win, you stay in. If you lose, you lose, you go. Now, when, you, when all these guys, all these people need to be valuable, I, I agree with you right there. Everybody needs to be valuable because everybody at one time messed up this whole year. And the point is that, when you when when you get rid of all these people, you're gonna get a new coach, you're gonna get a new OC, you're gonna get a new defensive end, and you're gonna get a new offense. And the point is, is that he's gonna to have to learn a new offense again, all because these guys did not provide enough to did not win. So our only person I feel sorry for is on um, me because at times Bienemy's done very well, and and he's done things he had to learn Sam Howe and stuff like that. But the point is that listen, this is a harsh reality in, in NFL, just like the quarterbacks quarterbacks get drafted they have about maybe one or two years to perform if they don't perform they move on to them and get somebody else that's all this nfl this is this harsh reality that fans need to recognize that stop being being um um people that are on line betting for games and stuff like that just listen to the harsh reality it's every sport you don't win you're going to get fired period hey dale i appreciate the call except for that last part i i like people that bet on sports games because <laughs> your boy bets on sports games but it is a wins and loss business so i get that well, and I think this is why at the end of the year, it's going to be nice to bring in someone with a fresh set of eyes because being around here, watching the team every Sunday, you get attached to guys. You really like them. Like we know the, you know, we know John Allen, right? You yeah. fall in love with a guy like a Terry McLaurin, which, you know, you've seen things kind of change. And I, I've never seen it get to a point where I thought it was people were turning on Terry on Twitter yesterday, which I thought I'd never see, but it's going to be nice to bring in a fresh set of eyes where they can look at it and truly evaluate it and be like, is this guy a championship level player? Or is this something where he's a good player and they love him in Washington, 
but he's not a Super Bowl level player. I think that You're basically trying to find who's Bradley Beal on this team. Yeah, exactly. And you got to fish out the guys that are making a little bit too much that aren't going to be playing up to that caliber. So I'm interested when people come in here that aren't from around here and get to take a fresh look at the roster, who are the real guys and who are not? Yeah. Little is in D.C. Little, what's up? What's going on, man? Thank you for taking my call. Man, hello. This, this, man, he should have got a pink slip out of the Chicago game, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tell you what, that Thanksgiving dinner going to taste a little better tonight. But look, man, let, let me let me move forward with this here. What I'm thinking about, man, I would get a job to Steve Wilkes, man, the general manager, and let him figure it out. The man been in the league for a minute. Let him run things. Let him bring the defensive coordinator. Let him bring the offensive coach in here. Steve Wilkes, man, is the man. Hey, Little, that's a, that's a great pull. Steve Wilkes, great defensive guy. Mm-hmm. He brought the best out of Carolina to the point where Carolina nearly had an opportunity to win their division last year. Granted, the division sucked, but this team won a division when the division sucked. So if we're going to yeah. hype up division championships, like they, they had an opportunity to do so. And, I mean, look, when it comes to, to getting guys, Toby, that are going to be on this, this team moving forward next season from a coaching staff, from a front office perspective – I mean, there are a couple franchises that I look at in the NFL that I, I would like to, you know, maybe pluck a guy or two from. And getting a guy from San Francisco, certainly not the worst franchise to do it from. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would love to bring in someone that has seen success put together, found ways to win football games, bring that guy in here. And, you know, I think it's encouraging to see what we saw today from Josh Harris to essentially say the football guy's making the football decision. So I think that's going to be his plan and his blueprint going forward is, hire someone to be in charge, and then let him make all the decisions, which is very encouraging to me. All right, let's cross state lines. Nick is in Mobile, Alabama, jumping on here. Nick, what's going on? Hey, man. Um, I just want to let you know, I, I believe that uh, the enemy was brought here by a new owner and that it was this was foreseen. The new owner was going to let him go, both of them. They had to go. And uh, he didn't stick up for the enemy when the players were crying foul when they were all upset about it. And uh, I don't think either one of them liked the fact that he was there. I don't see any anything that would say that they were companions or friends or working together. It was a cold ice, just no kind of camaraderie whatsoever. And I think the enemy's going to bring in his people. And I think that's what direction we're heading in. Thanks for taking my call, man. Yeah, Nick, appreciate it. Now, Toby, I had heard that Ron and – not that Ron and Eric Yenemy don't like each other, but they weren't exactly best friends. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. John Keim had a report today that was basically saying that players don't love the responsibility that they, the extra responsibility that was given to Eric Bieniemy, and some wish that Ron would take a little bit of that back. And that goes back to my evaluation standpoint and kind of what we heard back in training camp. If you can't handle what Bieniemy's doing, then you might need to just get out of here because I think the enemy brings a fresh set of eyes like I talked about, but also an intensity. And maybe this is something we haven't really discussed, but maybe you bring Eric B enemy back as the head coach, maybe not even as the play caller. Maybe he can be involved in the offense, but I don't think anyone motivates that group quite like Eric B enemy does over there in Ashburn. So if he's the guy over there, that's not CEO, he'd still be involved, but kind of like Ron Rivera, where he's not calling plays, but he's motivating the group. I think that's a realistic possibility and something they could do. That's now two reports that we've had in what, four months about guys not loving Eric B style. I'd love to get some names as to which players don't, don't love it. Cause that would make the decision this off season with who do we keep? 
Who do we not keep if you're to the front office? That makes that decision a whole lot easier. Oh, 100%. You know they love complacency. All right, we got some phone lines open for you. 800-636-1067. You can tweet at us as well at the Denton Day at Toby underscore Altsizer. Uh, we got Ryan Clary running the board as well. He'll take good care of you should you decide to call in. Coming up next, though, I'm going to tell Toby why I think Eric Bieniemy not being the head coach right now is way more beneficial for him in the long run. It's 106.7, the fan of the team, 980. B. Mitch and Finley, Denton Day, Toby Altsizer are here in for B. Mitch and Finley. We're on 106.7 The Fan and the team at 980. We are reacting all afternoon to Washington's decision to part ways with Jack Del Rio as defensive coordinator. Now, Toby, we've taken a bunch of calls today, and there have been a few that are upset that Ron Rivera is still in his job and not Eric Bieniemy being named the interim head coach. I think if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I am uh, thanking my lucky stars and saying a prayer of gratitude that I did not get named head coach and that Ron Rivera did not get fired. I think for him long-term, it does no benefit to take over this team now. I know there are a lot of people that want to see him be a head coach in the NFL, and I'm right there with you. But right now, Eric Bieniemy still has the element of the unknown when it comes to him being a head coach. And the, the stuff that surrounded him, whether it's fair or unfair, there's been some stuff as to why he has not been a head coach, right? I think he's a good communicator. So the idea that he fails interviews, that to me, I cannot buy. Because every press conference I've watched with this dude, he absolutely drills it. But avoiding just taking the thumping for the final five, six weeks of the season and having an 0-6 head coaching record for him is massive. Getting a fair shot to interview once again after he's done some really positive things with his Washington offense, whether that be interviewing here, being interviewing elsewhere in the NFL, the Raiders job is open. There's going to be a couple of other jobs that are open. Chicago might be open, getting work with Justin Fields. He's going to get another shot at interviewing, and I think it's going to be a much more fair shot. And I think he benefits greatly from not just being the guy that takes a bunch of L's because this team is not going to... This team might win one game the remainder of the year. Maybe two. Like, two is the absolute max. If I'm setting the over-under line as a bookkeeper, I'm setting it at one and a half, and I'm likely going to go under on that one. Yeah, I mean, I think... If you look at it, if you were going to promote Eric Bieniemy to interim head coach and fire Ron Rivera, you probably would have had to keep Jack Del Rio. And yeah. so that would have meant that more of Jack Del Rio, no Ron Rivera, Bieniemy in charge, and like you said, probably taking a drubbing the last five games. So it probably is a good thing for Eric Bieniemy. At some point, you'd like to see him get a chance because I think he's a head coach. I don't know if he's, you know, a play caller and all that. You know, there's questions about his offense. But we've seen guys like Dan Campbell. He's not calling plays in Detroit, but he motivates those guys. I think Eric Bieniemy is a fantastic motivator. But, you know, ultimately what this season comes down to now, Denton, is and you're seeing it with the basically everything is around Sam Howell. That, that's kind of what it's all about. And I guess you could throw in Bieniemy in that in that case, too, because maybe he could be the head coach here if Sam Howell does well under his tutelage. 
But I think it's all about Sam Howell here now because you fired the defensive coordinator. What's the best that could happen for the defense? It goes from 32nd to 29th. Like it, yeah, They're not going to take a huge jump forward. They're still facing difficult football teams. They're not going to win a lot of football games the rest of the way. They might play well and still lose the rest of their football games, and that's a, a big if on the playing well part. So I think the rest of the season boils down to Sam Howell, and I think if you're the enemy, you probably have to tie your success to Sam Howell. And so maybe spending a little extra time with him still being the offensive coordinator and not being the head coach is a good thing, like you yeah, said. It's, it's more beneficial. And again, not having a, a loss record of potentially going 0-5 is huge because you need every single bit of positive momentum that you can fester up if you're trying to be a head coach in this league. All right, let's hit back to the phones. 800-636-1067. Sean is in Percival. Sean, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Hope you had a uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Same but to you. When it comes down to JDR getting let go, man, Ron's sitting there saying that this was like a football decision. Like, I don't think with five games left that this is honestly a football decision. If that was a football decision, this decision would have been made earlier in the season. I think Ron sees the writing on the wall. He knows what's going to happen, and uh, like, he, there's 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 no point to like he's he's telling people what they want to hear at this point. You know what I mean? Like, He's I don't think he believes in years. anything he says behind the podium, to be honest with you, at this point in the season, at least. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing that, Sean. Appreciate the call, man. That was a great call. He's been doing that, telling people what they want to hear for four years. That's why we constantly dunk on him on our stations. Oh, yeah. Because he's, I mean, look, if you're throwing the lob, we're going to catch the lob. <laughs> that's just that's just how it goes. You throw the lob off the backboard, we're going to catch the lob off of the backboard. He constantly talks himself in circles because he's trying to appease everybody. And if you try and appease everybody, Toby, and you know this, everybody should know this. If you try and appease everybody, eventually you kind of get stuck in a spot where there's no winning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he's definitely stuck in that spot. I think that's an interesting phone call, though, because what is the play here for Ron? Because he's probably not going to be a head coach somewhere else next year. He's probably not going to be a defensive coordinator. Is he trying to still give himself a chance to be in the league by being a defensive analyst or something, by giving himself five games of helping out the defense? Because, like he said, if this were a football move, strictly football, he probably would have fired Jack Del Rio after the Thursday night game against the Bears and tried to improve the football team then. But I think Ron, sometimes we pick, paint these guys as kind of stupid. They're not. Ron no, knows. No. Ron's known all year that he's probably done at the end of the year. He understands that. So this has to be a play for Ron for something, unless he really just wants to, <laughs> I, I don't know, try to improve the last five games. But maybe he's trying to get himself a job going forward and maybe prove something. I'm not sure. But I mean, he, he could definitely get a defensive analyst job. But at the same time, I mean, this guy's known football for what, like 40 years now at this point? He's been a head coach of the NFL for you know nearly 20 years. Dude, right off into the sunset. Yeah, no, like, I don't go and go enjoy the fruits of that labor. And that's kind of where I'd be. Like, I, I would think he'd just hang it up. And if that's the case, maybe he just felt like the fan base needed something, needed to see something being done. But at that point, if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm out of here anyways. Right. Like, start a podcast. Now, I know that that sounds weird because he talks himself in circles, but once you're out of the league, you don't really got to protect anybody. And maybe anymore. it's something where he wants to just save some face so he can still be around DC. You know, I don't really know if he would want to live around here if he's you know, moved on from, but maybe it's something where he just wants to stick in the area and doesn't want to completely sour everything. I don't know. It, hey, it is I'm an tell, interesting I'll tell, move. If, I'll let Ron know right now he can stay here. Like when he's not going to be the coach here, 
he is a good dude. Yeah. So if he's just going to be like a civilian in the the DMV area, he might get his drink paid for, you know, somewhere. Maybe he goes to one Loudon. Maybe he wants to go to Reston Town Center. I, I'm assuming he lives in Virginia. I have no idea. Maybe he wants to go into Maryland. I don't know your Maryland spots because I'm not a Maryland guy, but maybe he wants <laughs> to go over there, you know, hang out a little bit. There might be somebody that pays for his drink, pays for his meal. Like he's he'll still be a liked enough person in this area. It's just not as a football coach. Yeah, and that's why I just think the move is interesting when you think about it from Ron's perspective. What does he gain from it? Yeah, well, nice conversation with Josh Harris, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right, James is in Savannah. James, what's going on? You're on 106.7 The Fan. James, what's going on? Yes, we got- well, James, Steve is in Columbia. Steve, what's going on? How you doing, guys? And I, I am a Maryland guy, but let me, let me say this. Um, I'm not uh, too ecstatic about this move. I think this move should have been done after the Chicago game. I, I'm holding Ron accountable for this reason. He's in control of everything. You guys have ran it on and on about how long he's been a coach in the NFL, and he knows defense. So you mean to tell me it's taken this long for him to see what Jack Del Rio was doing? Mm-hmm. I, I don't buy that. And the other thing is we can make this very simple. Mr. Harris, at the end of the year, needs to go to the Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, look at their young GM execs, and interview them to be the GM, and also interview uh, Lewis Riddick, and let them pick a coach and go from there. Enough of this nonsense where you have one man is in control of everything. It doesn't work. The Martys, that was a disaster. Ron had all his yes men on his coaching staff. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad Del Rio is gone, but he should have been gone. That, that's all I got to say. Hey, Steve, that's a great call. I appreciate it. I knew that we were going to get the Lewis Riddick name at some point, Toby, in this process. <laughs> I'm open to it. I think Lewis Riddick would be a, a pretty good hire for this organization, even if he's not the, the main guy in the front office, if he's just in the front office. I think he's a really smart dude, so I'm pro Lewis Riddick if, if they decide to go that that route yeah and i i trust josh harris to go out there and find whoever he deems the best guy for it and again i think it can't be overstated that we're kind of getting a glimpse into what josh harris is going to do with this organization and how he's going to run it by the statements today by saying that jack del rio wasn't fired because i called into ron's office and said something needed to be done now maybe that's actually what happened who knows but the statement said that ron came to josh and said moves needed to be made and josh signed off on it i think that's encouraging for the people that want to see it kind of how i do where at the end of the year make your moves finish up and get rid of everybody hire the football guy and get out of the way i think you're seeing a little bit that that's probably how josh harris is going to do things and that's got to be encouraging if you're a fan of this football team especially a fan that stuck it out through the snyder era now, I will say I have heard that what Josh Harris said, that this is a Ron decision, is correct. Like, that that, that yeah. this has been a Ron decision. And that's decision. a good thing. It was not Jack Del Rio making that decision. Now, Steve from Columbia brought up a good point in terms of organizations that you should go to for a potential new hire. I have four of them. I will give you those four at the top of the hour when we get back. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. This segment has been brought to you by Ted Britt Automotive Group. Ted Britt Automotive Group has set the bar for the best buying experience in the D.C. area. Ted Britt Ford of Fairfax, Ted Britt Ford and Lincoln of Chantilly, and Ted Britt Chevrolet of Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage and just a click away at tedbritt.com.